On this episode of Resi Week CES 2021 Plans, CD has got a brand new website and how to sell 8K. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 227, Don't Sell 8K. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Blackwire Designs, the go-to distributor for the CI industry with an extensive product lineup backed by unmatched sales and system support. Anytime dealers need it, even after hours or on the weekend. Hey, welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. This week, we are pleased to be joined by uh, three of uh, my, my favorite people. We've got my my sister, Heather Sidorowicz. She's the president of Southtown AV. How are you, ma'am? Hi, I am, um, I am reporting from my office and not my dining room table, so I am thrilled. Yeah, this is, this is not the look I'm used to. I know I'm it's we're like back we're back there's the fireplace right you should you should put a fireplace in there now I should put a fireplace in here I would then we have Walt Zerby he is the senior director of technology and standards at Cedia how are you sir hey I am great Matt thank you very much and lastly uh but certainly not least we have Alex Capasolatro he is the founder of Josh AI how are you sir doing great it's good to be here Thank you so much for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to kick this show off with some good and maybe interesting news. This comes to us from CNET CES 2021. Plans to be live in Las Vegas, both physically and digitally. Uh, If you don't know who or what CES is, you are listening to the wrong show. Uh, But CES is arguably the largest consumer technology show in the world routinely uh, get something in the neighbor. Walt, correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, like 125 to 145,000 people attend this show in Vegas every year. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's actually 180 and they capped it at 185 because it was getting too crowded and last year was 3.1 million square feet. Good God, that's why Walt is here because he spends a lot of time on that show floor. Uh, <laughs> Essentially, what they're planning to do uh, in in going ahead with this is uh, take a bunch of steps. Uh, the CTA has has outlined a bunch of these steps that they're going to take to try and keep attendees as healthy as possible at the conference. Uh, it, again, this is going to take place in January of this coming year. Those steps include more sanitation, spaces throughout the show, wider aisles uh, in the exhibit area, and greater seat spacing at conference programs, cashless systems for purchases, thermal scans at entry, and better on-site health services and medical aid. Now, uh, this is one of the few tech shows that I have personally never attended, and Heather Weird, I know, I've just never gone. Probably because there's 185 thousand people there you still gotta go just to have the experience at, yeah. at some and, and the the amazing part is before all of this started we had this on our schedule for this coming year <laughs> i don't know if it's still on our schedule but it was on our schedule uh a, a shout out to some of the the members of the cta who had been harassing myself and tim about not attending but heather when you when you see this um your this is the first time i've talked to you in months where you've been in your office Uh, we are just 
starting to open up in Ontario. California is still heavily closed. Most places are are, are closed from this. Um, what do you, does this shock you? Does this surprise you? Are you going to potentially attend? Well, a, a few a few notes about CES. CES is actually where I learned not to touch my face because anyone that's gone to CES, we would call it the CES flu. So already by going with so many people in so much space, you are already mostly guaranteed to get sick. So the last time I was at CES, I was so nervous about it that I consciously for days upon end didn't touch my face, wash my hands a million times. So I was ready for Corona um, when it happened because I had already broken that habit. Um, so it's so now also anyone that's there knows that there is going to be no you're not going to be six feet away from anybody. I mean it is. It is a lot of people a lot of the time. How they can manage that, I, I don't know. Um, but again, I'm also of the belief that if you don't touch your face and wash your hands, you're not going to get it anyway, unless you're sneezed upon. So uh, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Would I go? I wouldn't go anyway necessarily unless I was brought in to write about it. Um, but I wouldn't go for my business specifically because it's so big and so massive about cell phones and dishwashers and everything else connected that I just didn't find a connection for my personal business anymore. I understand that. Uh, Walt, you, you attend, you guys broadcast from the, sh the, the floor a bunch. Um, you, you, you cover it uh, arguably better than half the, the reporters that go to the show. Jeez. Thank you. <laughs> like it, it wasn't a lie, but you know, <laughs> it's very relative what you, what you, what you share when you, when you're at the show, but, Tell us, tell us what you expect to see from this, but also, I, I honestly just find this a little comical, although I haven't gone to CES. I've been to NAB and gone to NAB for years, and that is an equally, not equally, but almost as large of a show. And the concept that you are going to have any semblance of space is just comical at best. Yeah, so... I did. I was trying to, when I read all these articles, I was thinking there's no way that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I've gone to CES, I don't know, maybe 16 or 18 years in a row. And when I had my integration business, it wasn't the right show for me to go to. Expo was the right show, you know, CD Expo, as well as ISE, because it was stuff that was more directed to my business and a lot of things in CES are very future looking and you can't get it right, you know, right now. And, and there's a lot of segments, but needless to say, we need to be there to see trends and what's going on. And um, there's no way you're going to be keeping six foot distances between people at this show. You've got also shuttles. So it's the convention center, it's the sands, it's the, uh, the area uh, hotel and um, there's you get you have to shuttle between all these places. One of the places to be is the um, is Eureka Park. That's where all the startups are. There's like thousands of them there, and you got to get there through a shuttle from the convention center or a cab or taxi something. So I don't think they're going to be distancing. I don't know how they're going to do that, but I also don't know how they would do that show virtually. To be honest with you, because it is all about seeing. And, and, you know, and moving around. And it is incredible from that aspect. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, the first time I ever went was the year 2000 where they talked about Palm OS and Bluetooth um, 
you see things certainly years before they're on the market. Uh, that that is the reason to go. And and for Walt and Cedia, absolutely for them to go and report. Walt, don't touch your face. Well, I, you know, this was the first year I got sick. In fact, this is the first year everybody got sick. That was that went in my little you know contingency, Such and an we were down for like thought. a month and a half with with respiratory issues, which was really interesting. All right, have you been tested for Corona? No. But um, might have um, the antibodies. You know, I had a Corona beer the other night, but that's about it. But anyway, we're thinking. And you know, I'll, I'll admit, I hate CES from a cesspool perspective. Of you just get what everyone's got. I got so sick this year, and I did get the antibody test after negative, so it was not COVID. Uh, that being said. I really hope this is wishful thinking that things are going to get good enough that the event can happen. It's hard to believe. Um, I want to quickly share a graph. I uh, checked with Mitch. He said he's going to be able to put it up in the video. But right now, stores are opening, restaurants are opening. We think things are getting better, right? I do a weekly sort of update for my team of what's happening with coronavirus and everything else. I want to share with you guys a graph really quick about what's going on right now in the, in the United States. Sorry, Matt, I, I didn't check on Canada, but this is crazy. What we're seeing here is on the left, the United States numbers were kind of flat, even, even going down. And in the last couple of days, it went up tenfold. I mean, this is crazy. These are numbers reported from the CDC, and, and this is off Microsoft Bing's COVID um, sort of uh, chart. It's possible the data is wrong. It's possible this is not accurate, but everything I checked is saying this is accurate. I'm showing on the right the New York slide just to see is this simply a blip in New York, like New York was having such rough times. And it's not. New York is down. New York's doing just fine. This tells me that we're highly optimistic about opening up. We're highly optimistic that things are getting better. And until there's a vaccine, I am not going to be going to a conference with over 100,000 people. And there's no way we're going to have a vaccine in January. At least that's my take on it. Alex, do you, do you think that due to the time frame, right? It's, we just turned into June. They've got six months before they have to produce a digital version of this. In that time frame, there will be Infocom, which starts their digital uh, conference next week. We have Cedia Expo is going to be digital uh, in September. Um, there, there will be a couple of other shows in between there, but from, from the tech standpoint, those are the big ones. Do you think that this is this this time frame is going to give CTA enough time to make sure that the CES digital content is phenomenal or, or acceptable even? Uh, honestly, I think 100%. In, in all honesty, they're usually no more than 10 to 20 important sort of product announcements and, and, and updates that are really important and very relevant to most people. Of course, the long tail is long. There are thousands of interesting little snippets here and there, but I think you can definitely have the CES best of awards digitally where you show off. In that case, I think it's even bigger, like 50 to 100 new products. Um, and I think they'll be able to do a really cool um, just remote virtual experience. I also think about, you know, we all watch Apple's keynotes virtually and Google I.O. virtually. I think you can do some amazing digital events that are better than the in-person stuff. Because let's be honest, 100,000 people are not able to catch Samsung's keynote or whoever's doing the keynote. So I do think this is a good opportunity to 
get the word out to more people and more efficiently. That said, I just think the idea of going to Las Vegas in January for the show is, is a crazy idea at this point. Yeah, I don't disagree. Granted, it's cold here in January, so we'll see. All right, let's uh, move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from avnation.tv, uh, which if you haven't visited recently, check it out. Uh, we, we updated that site uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it looks really, really stinking good. Uh, but Cedia has also launched a new website and online learning platform. Uh, the, the, the changes are going to bring together uh, essentially these, these five different sites that all did different things uh, for you if you were a, a member of Cedia or somebody looking for more information or a homeowner. Um, so this will bring all five of those together and uh, do some, some very cool things. So Walt, let's start with you on this, uh, being the, the Cedia rep as you are today. Um, this has been something that, gosh, has, has been on maybe on the roadmap, shall I say, for a while to, to consolidate all of those together. Now that that's happened, um, what, what changes, if any, is this going to bring for not only members, but prospective members and, and homeowners and designers and all, all, everybody connected to, uh, to the channel? Yeah, it was, it was tired and much needed an update. And I'm so glad it's launched. It's, it's clean. It's elegant. Uh, we had cedia.org and we had cedia.net and the .org was kind of more focused towards um, the European side of, of Cedia. And so you needed to know where to click and where to go. And as a stakeholder, depending on what type of stakeholder you were, you needed to know which site you needed to be on. So now it's all together as one. So it's easy to find education. It's easy to find standards. If, if you're a dealer or find a dealer, I've been messing around with that tool, putting the zip code in that works very nicely. So it's just really cleaned up and everything's in one spot. Um, we've also launched a new learning management system, which is out of this park amazing. And that's easy to get to as well. So the, the whole point is just, you know, growing up our site and getting information to be easier to access. So I encourage everybody to go to cedia.net and give it a go. Yeah, definitely. Alex, as a, as a manufacturer, um, obviously Cedia is important to you guys. Do you leverage the, the digital side of this at all uh, as a manufacturer, or is this something that just is more focused on the, the, the integrator member partner um, or, or homeowners and, and designers and things like that? God, it's super helpful, but we definitely could take more advantage of it than we do. Um, lately, we've been using the CDF forums quite a bit for just seeing, you know, what's going on, participating in those conversations. On the learning side, though, we've been trying to figure out how to get more of our team across the board to be more knowledgeable about networking and, you know, different integrations, different products. So I, I think it's absolutely valuable for anyone in the industry. The thing that's tough for everyone is just time. You know, we all seem to be crazy busy these days and there's a lot going on, but the new Cedia update on the website and everything just makes that better. You know, it's more efficient, it's more streamlined. Uh, so I, I think it's, I think it's really a, a nice update. Yeah, very good. Heather, when you see this, and I don't know if you've had a chance to play with it, so hopefully you have, because it'll make this question work a little bit better. But when you see this, one of the, one of the biggest things and one of the biggest tools that I continually hear from, uh, mainly integrators, is that they're, they're looking for ways in which Cedia can help them with specifiers and, and influencers. The new site 
looks real sexy. Do you see it? Do you, do you see major opportunity there for integrators to be able to point homeowners or, or designers or, or contractors even to say, hey, part of this is this is what we do. This is how we help you. Um, first of all, congratulations to CD and the crew as a former board member. I know that this was talked about for a, and worked about on for a very long time. It, Just a little. So cheers. <laughs> I, cheers. Cheers. I'm so thrilled. I had a little like squeal for you when I saw it launch. Um, and yes, I do. So I think that, you know, a website at the end of the day is a living place to store information. Um, so ha and having and to link back to in my emails when I'm talking to a designer, when I want to capture a picture of what something could be. Um, and for the longest time, you really could not do that with that website. And now not only can you do it, but you can do it proudly to say, hey, I'm not just in this business, in this town, in this state, but I'm also associated with these world-class people in this, this organization. Um, and so I'm watching not what just is happening here, but what's happening globally. So yes, I absolutely believe that we are stronger together and it helps lift us up as uh, integrators in the residential market. Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, hit this last story of the day. Likely this comes to us from CE Pro and Phil Jones, how to sell 8K when there's little 8K content. Uh, I, I love his opening line, which I'll, which I'll quote for you. To make a long story short, don't sell 8K. Yeah, we'll let that hang just there, for a quick There second. was a long time I felt the same way about 4K. Like I, the first two years of 4K, I played that same. People would come in and I would say, don't buy it yet. Wait, wait, not yet. Hold, hold your ground. And yeah, that's where we are. So Alex, let's start with you on this. And I don't disagree with you, Heather, but we'll, uh, I'm going to come back to you on that one. Alex, when you see this, and, and he actually gets into some very interesting points and, and, and a very compelling argument for why you should be selling 8K and why you should be promoting 8K. Is this, is this something where as we watch technology advance and your company is a, is a perfect uh, microcosm of this, it's an incredibly advanced product. It's not something for everyone. It's not something that everyone will necessarily see the value in per se, but for the ones that do, they absolutely love it. When we first started selling 4K, again, we had Heather's response with most aspects of it. What's there to watch? Who knows? But now, you know, a, a couple months down the road or a couple years down the road, they're loving it because they've got everything to play that, you know, that, that signal that at the time, it was very limited. Is this something where us as a channel needs to continue to be at the forefront and encourage our clients and obviously explain the pluses and the minuses, but encourage our clients to stay on the cutting edge. So my honest feeling on this is we should never be trying to, I don't want to say force, but encourage clients to buy something they don't need, but there are definitely opportunities in clients where this is going to be exactly what they would like. Um, case in point, we have a television at my home that is sort of in the dining room and often just used as video art. We have it you know, on in the background, it's looping, but every once in a while we use it for actually watching television. That would be a great place for 8K when I've got people over, I wanna blow their minds, I wanna show them something crazy. You, know, you might not even see it at first. If it's something that I could afford, if I wanna have sort of the latest and greatest, that would be a great application. 
the television in my guest room, uh, not so much. That's probably not gonna take advantage of it. So I think there are times and places for these types of products, but it depends on your market. You know, for where I sit, there are plenty of New York and LA clients that I think you'd be able to see an opportunity, but many of our Midwest clients, it might be overkill. And so I think we need to just be honest with our clients about here's what it can do, here's what it can't do. Does this make sense for you? Maybe in one room, not every room. And those are the conversations that I think we have to have about any really cutting edge product. Yeah, very good. Heather, I, I'm so happy that you brought up the, the sales side of this because that was the, A, that was the question I wrote down for you, but B, it's the conversation I really want to have about this. Every time I would pitch 4K to a client, they either bought in the second I mentioned it, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Totally, love it, go. Or they'd hit back with all of the, well, what am I going to watch? Where am I going to find it? What am I going to do this? We're in Canada. We don't get that. We're not going to, all of these things. And I would always come back to the, and again, I, I, I take Alex's point very well. We wouldn't try to sell it to like the aux TV that sits in the bedroom where you have a security camera feeding it. So you can just check outside before you go to bed. But in, you know, a lot of applications, it's a great thing to do. I would always spin it to look at your whatever vehicle was in the driveway. Do you need that? Like, yeah, it's got a top speed of 240. We're limited to 110 here. So, you know, do, can you drive? I don't know. Isn't this really just about how you sell and, and position anything that you're selling? Whether it's 8K, surround, jaw, any technology. Absolutely. And I, I should preface that like the Lorax speaks for the trees, I speak for the middle market. So, right? So I... um. So yes, there are absolute markets and video files out there that, that AK today is in market for. But for the average consumer, we're not there yet. Now, I, again, when I said that with 4K, those first few years when there wasn't content and, um, and all that, there, and what we were saying to hold the clients, but once there started to be uh, 4K content, even my daughter at the time, who was maybe eight years old, would say to me, mom, we can rent this movie because it's in 4K, right? So she didn't even know what that meant, but she knew that I was more likely to say yes if, if the movie was in with 4K, right? So we're going to see the same thing happen as content becomes available and that standards are up um, and that we can go from beginning to end without an issue. We're, we'll, we'll definitely, I just think for middle market at this point, we're not there yet. All right. Walt, the... The thing in this story that kind of caught my eye and made me think of you and very happy that you were on the show today was the, the last segment where he talks about taking advantage of the HDMI 2.1 ecosystem and future proof. Now mm -hmm. I have been in this industry for on the resi side, I don't know, eight, nine years. I've been in the, the AV side for almost 20. I have been hearing about future proofing for 20 something years sure and usually future proofing means it lasts two years how do you how do you balance future proofing versus 
possibly a exorbitant spend that's not really needed. Right. Well, first of all, the only thing that's really future-proofed is a conduit. And then we I can like keep you. pulling wires as I all that. That is, I'm totally going to steal that. <laughs> I think I gave you that, actually. <laughs> I've, I've heard that for a long time. That's a, um, but it's that's funny. Fantastic. It's true. We, we used to sell that word future-proof when we, when we started rolling Cat5 and Cat5e around. Right? That's when we really started pushing that word as, as integrators. But um, I, I hear you about the balance. Um, it's, it's really more about the application because as, as we've all pointed out and, and gaming is one of the things that can immediately win with AK because of the refresh rates and higher resolutions. We're also going to be recommending as we're redoing our, we're, we're just about done redoing a recommended practice on home theater audio, which has got a lot of profound changes in it. Then we're going to do the one for video as well. And guess what's become the least immersive thing in a theater these days? It's been the video. The audio is a lot more immersive. And uh, now that the resolutions are getting higher, you can sit closer so the screens can be bigger. So that's how we're going to get more immersion on the video side. So I think there's, that's an application, but there's a, that's how you would sell this is, um, you know, right. It wouldn't go in the second bedroom, but it might go in a gaming place. It might go in a main theater. You betcha. Yeah, very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today. Thank you all for joining us. Heather, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV, where can they do that? Online at Southtown, A as in Apple, V as in Victor.com, or uh, you can find my meanderings and comments and sassiness on Twitter at tech underscore chi, C-H-I, as in a balance between life and technology. I'm saying you're sassy. I'll yes. buy it. Yes. I don't buy it for a second. Well, thank you for joining us, my friend. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Cedia, and obviously check out that brand new site, where can they do that? Um, Wzerby at cedia.org is the email. And otherwise, yes, please check out that site. And, and back to the um, how can the site help an integrator, we do have galleries of, of Cedia members' work, and it's pretty awesome to see in yeah. large scale on the site. It definitely is. Alex, my friend, thank you so much for joining us again. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Josh AI, where can they do that? You can always send me an email directly, alex at josh.ai. And we're on all social media, just josh.ai. Beautiful. Thank you. Josh, all. Can, can I also say, can I, Alex, can I also say, hey, Alexa, call Josh? You can try if it doesn't work. Blame Alexa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Thank you uh, again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.